Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. They're weirdy and they're kooky. Weirdy. That's what you're opening with? They're driving and they're yeah. oopsie. <laughs> they're lost inside a country. The Chompy family. Da, 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 da. Heck, heck. <laughs> you were on that, man. You, you had the phone out. You were like hitting a text and you were like ready to hit the heck, heck. Always ready. Always ready. Always ready with the soundboard. Perpetually ready. What if you disappeared? Bro, I've ran Part into 73. I've ran into two people in the past like 10 days. No, who Good. listened to the show who I like either like don't even know that well or haven't seen in a year. They're like, yeah, but listen to your podcast. And I'm like, all right, that's tight. One of the dudes who was... Wait, that's it? That's your story? Well, no, I was... I, I thought you were going to react to that, and then I had a follow-up. One well, of the How dudes, was I supposed to react to that? That's neat, right? There I, are two people that listen to us. I mean, I thought you would think that that was crazy that in the city in 10 days, I've ran into totally random people who hit me up about the show, but the one dude... <laughs> the one dude was telling me, and he'll know this if he still listens or when he listens, he was like, yeah, Spencer with that soundboard, man. And I was like, yeah, what about it? He was like... He just either like really into it or he doesn't touch it for like 45 <laughs> minutes at a time. I was it's, like, I know, right? It's one or the other. There is a strong uh, inverse correlation between how much I'm talking and how many buttons I'm pressing. For sure. This is why... I'm this, not that coordinated to do both. I'm this, sorry. This is why I still, uh, I still need to get my own. Once in a while, I'll set myself up for one, but usually I forget. Yeah. How you doing, man? What's going on? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? yeah just, What's new in your life? Uh... Nothing. All right, making beats and reading about weird shit. Yeah, kind of yep, standard. Yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting a little closer to our Area Fifty One visit. Yeah. Sooner, mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I saw Uh-oh. an ad for the uh, <laughs> the Mile High Mysteries Conference again this year. Uh, the Mile High only means one thing to me. The Mile what? High Club. What? No. Nope. Nope. Different. Yep. <laughs> like the city. How do they do it? Like Mysteries. De- Denver. Mysteries of the Mile High Club. <laughs> How do they? No, it's it's David Blightus talking about Bigfoot in Denver. Oh, got it. Right. Yeah. Right. At some hotel for a weekend. Do you want to go? It's in May. May. Yeah. Flights to Denver are like ninety dollars from here. That's true. And we have uh, friends who listen to the show in Denver who we have do? told us we should stay there oh, if well, we go there. Let's go do that then and hang out with Dave for a weekend. Uh, Dave. We could call him Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we could call him. We're tight like that. He doesn't respond to my emails. We'll I call think- him Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we heard we could share your room with you. Excuse me, I've never met you. No, no, no. This is a thing. No, we can I, we can shout out Drew Carlson. He's done promo photos for the show before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And for us personally, he does live out there, shot videos. He? And he said uh, he said if we ever out there for doing a show, he could he might let us know. Ryan, do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. I ain't gonna do it. Do it for the gram. I ain't gonna do it. I'm, I spent a lot of time yesterday and today putting shit on our YouTube. Did you? Yeah. So if you guys want to check us out on the tubes, yeah. we're on the tubes. We need 100 subscribers so we can get a cool custom URL. Ooh, sweet. Right now you just have to search for us. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, bros. Um, yeah, we put like the first five episodes on, and then we didn't really touch our YouTube for a while because we were busy maintaining all the other goddamn shit we do. Yeah. Um, Uploading four episodes took me like an entire day. Yeah, but now we got closer to 10 episodes on there thanks to Spencer. So uh, if YouTube is how you listen, which some people have emailed us and been like, yeah, I know you guys are on 
Spotify, Libsyn, Apple, every fucking everywhere. But apparently that was not enough for some people. So now we got more episodes on uh, on some YouTube too. You want to talk about weird disappearing Australians? Um, some of whom reappear. Yeah. <laughs> some of whom get abducted. Here we go again, <laughs> man. Um, so I guess we should say, speaking of listeners, a bunch of y'all have been like, hey, you know it was tight, the what if you disappeared episodes. So yeah. we back and we back and we back <laughs> and we back. Um, we're going to do another two parts of the what if you disappeared series because God knows there's enough of these fucking weird stories. Yep. We're not leaving the continent of Australia, though. Yeah, which... Uh, it's an all-Aussie disappearance fest. That's not a disappearance. That's Jeez. a disappearance. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't, I'm not really sure what the appeal is for you. <laughs> I listen to Jim Jeffries all day just preparing my Australian accent. Oh, yikes. <laughs> You guys have to know that part of my joy in doing this is how much Spencer fucking I know it is, and I, it. I shouldn't react as poorly as I do because it encourages you to do it more, it's, but I just can't help it. It just like it, it it's like, like physically painful. <laughs> I was gonna say it like compromises something in your soul. Yeah. Right. I feel I feel bad not only for you, but also but for, for me the, and then for all, all the people we're making right, that. Right. All right. Like, all right I'll I'll try to Unless there's, there's like a there's really a specific <laughs> in the force in the language <laughs> for every time in, you do a stupid accent in the English language. Uh, unless there's a really good opportunity, I'll try to reserve my bad Australian accent for most of the stuff. Okay, but we are uh, we are staying in Australia for these couple episodes, which is, I mean, I guess we stayed in mostly the United States for our uh, our previous what if you disappeared. Let's start with the Trumps. Start with it's the Trumps. It's the Trumpy I'm going to try and like really over-enunciate that O every yeah, time. Yeah, I'm going to hit it with an, like an omp because mm-hmm. it is not the other family with a similar sound, but that family's way worse than the family we're about to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it would be tight if they disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Guess we just got to find a new one. Soldier on. You want to tell a story? You want I'd, me to tell a story? I'd rather have the Trumps running the country than the Trumps. <laughs> um, shit, man, where do we start? Well, the Trump family is a it's it's a fivesome. We got the husband Mark Trump, his wife Jacoba, their Jac- kid Jacoba, Jacoba, uh, their kids Rihanna, Mitchell, and Ella, who are all in their twenties or were all in their twenties when this happened. Yeah, uh, late two thousand sixteen. I was gonna say. Two years ago now? Yeah. Uh, two out of three of the kids still lived with their parents, though, on a current farm in Australia. Oh, red red currant. It's yeah, what a, is that? It's a fruit. It's like oh, a... Thanks. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a fruit. It's similar to some of, like, the berry farms that we have in the States that people farm red currants for use in, like, jams and syrups. So, you know, not not super dissimilar from, like, a raspberry farm or strawberry farm, something like that. And I've never eaten one. I'm sure we'll get a lot of emails about what a red currant. Sure. They lived in Sylvan, which I guess is near Melbourne. And on August 29th of 2016, the five of them left their home, their their farm, very abruptly, leaving behind a whole bunch of stuff that you would think you would take with you if you were leaving your home, including credit cards, phones, uh, identification, 
And before they left, they went through years of financial records and left most of them out around their house. Yes. Uh, a lot of them in like sorted by year or by type as if they were trying to find one or several specific documents yep. before they left. Yep. And they also left their house unlocked. Yes. It seemed very rushed, whatever they were doing. So we've got husband and wife in their 50s and three kids all in their 20s. And according to the kids, their parents were very stressed and very paranoid prior to leaving. And we're talking about how someone was trying to or was going to rob and or kill them. Yes. And they had to leave because of this. Yes. They didn't bring any sort of anything with them. They just all got in the car. Uh, Maybe they had cash on them, I guess. They did bring cash. Okay. uh, uh, Some lump sum of cash. And uh, Mitchell, one of their kids, brought his phone with. So they all get in the one car together. They get into one of the kids' SUVs together. Yep. And they leave. Five of them. And about 20 miles into their trip to wherever they were going, Mitchell's phone is thrown from the car. I don't know why. I don't know if he did it. I don't know if paranoid mom or dad saw that he had a phone and chucked it out the window. Of his own accord or others, Mitchell's phone left the vehicle. Yes. Um, We could infer because they thought they were being tracked is what I'm, I'm thinking. Yes. In terms of why they would have left so many things, like phones and credit cards specifically, (laughs) things that cannot be, or things that can be tracked, they want to leave behind. Right. And if they thought they were being (laughs) stalked or going to be robbed or something. Right. Four out of five people leave their phones and someone's like, Mitchell, are you tweeting? (laughs) Damn it, Mitch. Fuck, you had one (laughs) job, Mitch. We're trying to go. Obviously, Mitch did not take this quite as seriously <laughs> yeah. as his parents did, which is kind of a theme. Dude, I got to hit the gram. Mitch, throw it out the car. So Mitch said that uh, he actually went along on this trip primarily to make sure that everyone else would be safe. But his parents were becoming increasingly delusional and hard to tolerate. Yes, yes. I'm guessing uh, his opinion may have turned around the time one of them chucked his phone out the window. <laughs> It's like, look, this is weird, but I'll go on a little bit of a car ride with you guys. Oh, come on! <laughs> so they drove in Ella, who's the, the youngest of the three kids, her SUV, through the entire first day and nights until they reached uh, Bathurst in New South Wales, which was, or is, about 800 kilometers away from where they started. Yes. Which in miles is, what, like six something? No. Five something. Uh, math. <laughs> 500 miles. Yeah. 500 miles away. So they drive 500 miles in one day and uh, they stop in this town, which is just west of Sydney. And that, so this, this, they left on Monday. On Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., Mitchell decides to leave. So he's, this shit, I'm out. <laughs> he's like 18 hours into this trip. And he just abandons his family. Did you find anything about how he left? Was he the, because did he take a train or a bus home? I didn't find anything. I just Because he's 500 miles from home. Right. And he didn't have a vehicle. So that's what, I mean, if you're driving 60 miles an hour, you're talking like an eight, nine hour drive. Yeah. So you're a long way from home. You're a long way from home. Like to your point, you're, I mean, you're catching a small flight or... 
or right. you're hitchhiking or That's, I mean anyway. as far as we were able to suss out the he didn't go with the family car the car was still with the family at that point right because the the other four of them continued, continued driving onward. continued driving east right to uh the Genelin Caves which I guess are a, a fairly popular tourist spot in in New South Wales sure and at that point so this is uh, like midday on the second day. The other two kids decide that they also need to get the fuck out. Right. They did this by stealing someone else's car and driving it back home. It's one way to do it. <laughs> Which is like one of the weirdest parts of this to me. Neither, none of these five people had any sort of criminal record. Yes. And at 22 and 29, they decide to steal a car together. As their first crime. Yes. Because they can't stand their parents anymore? What a weird thing to do. I mean, yeah, it's super weird. It's super weird. I I guess pressed in a situation. I mean, if you have no money, you have no cards, you have no ID. But you need to get away from your parents that badly? That's the crazy part. They were so so desperate to get away from their parents that they were going to steal a car a thousand miles from home. Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, obviously we'll get into a lot of this later, but, like, if you think about it, if you were, for whatever reason, you are now over 500 miles away from home, whatever this is. They they did 500 miles this, the first day, and then it was halfway through the second day that they bailed. So something like 700 to 800 miles away from home. Yeah. You were forced to leave your phone, your cards, your IDs, or either forced or voluntarily, but you don't have any of that stuff. I mean, I don't know. I guess like... I'm just saying that you would think the car with the people that you know would still be... The better your option. best bet. Not only yeah. the people you know, the people that birthed you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like... Not just coworkers. Something really weird was happening in that car. For them to be that, or in I'm their out. heads, for them to be that desperate to get I'm away out. from that situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's real. So they drove south to a, a town called Gulbum, where they reported that their parents had gone missing. It's so much cooler if we pronounce it Goulburn. <laughs> it's, it's not, okay. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> they lit some ghosts on fire G- and reported. G-O-U-L-B-U-R-N, I think is like, we could get away with a Goulburn. All right, that's fine. You can call it that if you want. Uh, they reported to the police that their parents had gone missing. Where I think that's where this the police involvement started. That's right. Because- so like about 24 to maybe 30 hours after they left, the two kids filed a police report. Yes, but wasn't Rihanna hospitalized at that point? Well... When they got to Goulburn? No. Not then? I th- Not yet. Oh, I thought it was in Goulburn that she got hospitalized. So they drive to Goulburn in their stolen car. They take they drive their <laughs> stolen car to a police station to report that their parents are missing. It doesn't like none of this makes any fucking sense. How'd so, you get here? Well <laughs> from there, what the, had happened the two was, of them decide to split up, which is another super weird decision. At a at a gas station. Ella's reasoning for splitting up was that she needed to go home to feed her horses. She, <laughs> Which, for whatever it's worth, you know, we didn't say much about the farm, but, like, they live on an 18-acre farm in a... It's a big home. I mean, the pictures of the home are, like, 
It has a pool. It has horse stables. It has like, you know, many acres of red currants growing. It was like a, I mean, they were, we didn't, we didn't give a ton of background on the family to, to kick things off, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, pretty normal working family, uh, relatively well off. Apparently they bought their farm with the horse stables and the horses on it for like 850,000 USD, uh, in, I don't know, it was like 2010 or something like that. So like they've been there for a while and, and, and yeah, I mean, they had horses on the property, which I think speaks a little bit to their socioeconomic standing. And, and, and I guess if you've been gone for three or four days, you're like, Hey, I like my horses and they're going to die. If somebody doesn't go find them. It's been, it's been a day though. This well, is wait. Tuesday afternoon. They left Monday. Oh, right. This was not Wednesday yet. This okay, is within yeah, so, like maybe 30 hours. Sure. I, yeah, you, anyway. you're probably thinking about it. You know, like you got to feed the dog within 36 hours or you're going to have some problems. But. So I think I think she hopped back in the stolen car and goes home, leaving her sister at a gas station hundreds of miles from home. In Goulburn. Yeah. So she drives home and gets there Tuesday night. So she must have been driving crazy fast. Going for it. They ain't got much to lose. At and, this when, and when she got home on Tuesday night, there were police at their house. Got it. So I don't know if that was because of the two sisters' reports or if maybe also a neighbor noticed something weird. But by Tuesday evening, there were police at their home. Sure. It would, it would stand to reason that if you're, if you're in a place that's hundreds of miles away from your family home and you say, hey, our parents are missing— which you go check out the house first, maybe. Is, which is weird. Like, Even are they yeah, missing? You, you or saw them you an leave, hour ago, yeah, or did you leave them in another city? But at that point, they had just left. Right, right. But I'm, I'm guessing the like f- the cops would be like, we got to check. Like maybe they somehow flew home or whatever. But wouldn't they have said, yeah, we saw them an hour ago in this location, and we left because X, Y, and Z? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe right, right. like that would be the logical thing to me. The logical thing, but a lot of illogical things happen. Yeah, we are we are I don't know ten fifteen minutes into this episode, and so much illogical stuff. And we'll go back and break down a bunch of it. But like, so much illogical stuff has already happened. So Ella gets home Tuesday night, about a day and a half after leaving. Mitchell, who abandoned the family first (laughs) on Tuesday morning, instantly. Got home Wednesday morning after taking a bunch of trains. <laughs> oh, it was trains. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And they appeared mostly fine, and the two of them have done interviews and stuff since then. Yep. Uh, actually, this might be a, a, a decent time to play one of them, in which this is Mitchell and Ella trying to describe what happened. I heard the interviews are real awkward. I have not heard them. Okay, they're they're pretty weird. Here's Here's one of them. I thought getting out was the best idea at the time. Um, That's Mitchell, obviously. But yeah, in hindsight, I probably should have stayed with them and tried to help and bring them back around or talk to them more. I was still uh, confused about the whole situation, as I still am now. Um, But I needed to get home to feed my horses. (laughs) Yeah. That's all she says. I'm still confused about the situation, but I knew I had to get home to feed my horses. Yeah. And this is months after, this isn't like the next day. This interview is months later. And she's saying, yeah, I still don't really know what we did. So by Wednesday morning, they're, the two of them are both home and seem like they're mostly fine. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna, who was left at a gas station by herself. Sick burn. 
Climb, <laughs> climbed into the back of somebody's truck at that gas station and was discovered by the driver about an hour later, and he pulled over and found her in the back of his truck because he felt somebody or something moving around in the bed of his truck. Yeah. And described her as being in a catatonic state, saying that she didn't know her name or where she was or where she was going. And there's, I have a, a quote from, uh, hold on, I got a quote from the dude who found her. He said, Is this the one I sent you? Uh, maybe. Okay, go ahead. He said, I asked her who she was and if she was all right. She said she did not know her name and had no idea where she was. I called the police, and until the police arrived, she mostly sat and stared straight ahead as if she was catatonic. Yuck. <laughs> so that's when, when the police showed up at, to this guy's truck, they took her to the hospital, and she was treated for, quote, stress-related illness. And Okay, right, and that was in Goulburn. Yes. Yes. Or an hour's drive from, <laughs> she hopped right. in the dude's truck yes. at Goulburn, and then... Road an hour, I'm not sure hey, in which what direction. Hey, what you doing in my car? So, okay, so at this point, just to, just to, like, rewind, it's Wednesday. Yep. About, Rihanna, about 48 hours after they originally left their house together. Yes. Rihanna is in a, in a psychiatric hospital. Care. In psychiatric care. Mitchell and Ella, from different cities, have reunited at the family homestead. Through different means of transportation. Yes, one one through stealing a car and one through taking a bunch of trains. And found the police at their home looking through their house looking for their parents. Correct. Which who, Ella and Rihanna reported missing in Goulburn. And who are still missing as of Wednesday afternoon. And who, as far as everyone knows, yes, is are still not to be found yet. So from the point where the two kids abandoned their parents... Mark and Jacoba, the parents, drove back towards Melbourne. Um, uh, but by the end of Wednesday, they were also separated. So now all five of these people who left their house together on some point on Monday, one at a time have all split off from each other. Yes. To the point where all five are now, or were at one point, isolated. Yes. <laughs> we... <laughs> We know this. <laughs> we know this because on I've Thursday read this shit morning, so many times, and I still have a hard time, like even just f- following the basics of what in the fuck they were doing. Because every individual step makes no sense. I know. On uh, on Thursday morning now, so a a day after uh, Mitchell and Ella find each other at the uh, at the farm, uh, Mark Trump. His wife, Jacoba, is found in the street, is the way that I read it. Yeah. Like, walking the streets? Just kind of wandering around. Uh, and she's now... Okay, so they started near Melbourne. In Yas? Yeah, which is basically due, due west of Goulburn by, like, maybe 50 miles or so. It is, uh... So she's she's going back south towards Melbourne, but she's just on her own, not with a vehicle of any sort, just wandering around. Wandering the streets. In a, quote, agitated state, whatever that means. So 
she is hospitalized in Yas upon discovery, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Which... For, again, a general strange behavior. Like, I, I don't know what she was hospitalized for. It didn't appear to be anything physical. Well, and that's the thing that was interesting to me in this story about both the daughter and the mom getting found and then hospitalized is... <clears throat> Excuse me, you you would have to be exhibiting a certain level of coherence or lack thereof in the face of authority figures to be like, this is 100% the best and only course of action. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there are obviously a, a very wide range of reasons that one could be hospitalized. Right. Also, if you're acting erratically and your family is not able to be contacted, as is the case with both of them, because the rest of your family is out wandering around Australia also. Right. Uh, maybe that's the safest course of action. You haven't done anything illegal. Your behavior is super weird. And, and I guess we don't have I'm... anyone to that we can get in contact with right. to release you to. Right. So we're just going to hold on to you so that you're safe. And I guess that's kind of what I mean is like in terms of coherence, like you, you've got to be able to prove a certain set of like, Hey, thanks for finding me. I'm good. I'm just headed back to whatever. Don't mind me. I don't know my name and staring at the wall is probably not. Definitely me. not good. Yeah. And, and stress related health concerns was apparently enough to put Jacoba Trump into <laughs> a hospital in Yas, which is like stress-related health concerns, you got to be exhibiting probably a pretty significant level of stress to be that seems hospitalized. Like, uh, not what was actually happening to me. Do you think so? What does that e what does stress-related mean? I mean, that I mean, doesn't I, even mean anything. No, but I can see that being some sort of like, you know, some sort of like psychiatric meltdown or some sort of like... That's what I'm saying. It, it must have been something fairly serious or... Right. the potential of right. being something fairly serious. Yeah. But th that's part of what makes this whole story so baffling is that there are so few details about really crucial parts of the story like that. Yes. Someone is found wandering around and is hospitalized. That's right. all that was reported. Right. That can mean so many different things. Totally. Completely. And there just aren't any, there aren't any details about it. Right. Right. So on Thursday was the first time that Mitchell and Ella spoke to the press while their parents were both still missing and while their sister was still hospitalized. Which, can I just ask a question? Sure. Because I thought about this too. So at this point, it's Thursday. You left on a Monday. It's been three days, roughly. It's yeah. been three days. Technically, and not technically, no crime has been committed here. Well, one of them stole a car. Oh, right. Do they know that at this point, though? I'm not sure. Okay. Also, the one that stole a car is hospitalized, so... So if she's in a psych ward... Or, well, we don't, we or, don't know where she is. Or, but. or, yeah. But, like, she didn't drive that car all the way back to the house, right? No, that's how Ella got home, was through the stolen car. Correct. Right? To go feed her horses. So I guess, yeah, Ella maybe was... She was probably partially responsible for stealing that car. Yeah. Or was at least complicit in stealing that car. Right. Or maybe just stole that car. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, it's interesting to me that in the course of three days, which in the 
in the terms of a manhunt is like not that long of time. Really? Don't you feel like people go missing for like a week or something and they get looked out not, for? They're not found. Well, I, I feel like those those first couple of days would be most crucial in terms of finding someone safely. I guess I, that's true. I guess the point I'm trying to make is like outside of a stolen car, this family's been acting really weird, but the fact that they're having a press conference about the weird behavior of their family is kind of weird to me too. Like, why are you not That's, like... It's not to me. I don't really? know. Like, Wouldn't you just like shut your doors and be like, we're looking for my parents. I don't need to talk to the press. I think it was a request for help in finding the two of them. Oh, that was like the purpose of the conversation? Because, well, the, the quote, one of the quotes from Mitchell in that first press appearance is, I've never seen anyone like this or anyone conduct themselves in this way. I just really want my dad to be found. He's yeah. not dangerous. He's my mate, my father. I love him. Yes. So I think they were, A, feeling uh, like they were probably, their parents were probably in danger at this point. Yeah. And B, probably feeling like we fucked up by leaving. Right. Because now they're in a potentially very dangerous situation and also acting erratically and yeah. we have no way to contact them because they didn't bring anything with them. True. And it's and it's 48 hours since they've seen either of their parents at this point. So you're kind of like, could be anywhere, could be doing anything, Man, especially if like, they set the tone when they left by acting kind of weird and you left because they were acting pretty weird. Right. Like you don't know how weird or how much weirder they could be acting 48 hours after you haven't seen them too. I feel like, Going to the press for a signal boost is a pretty common and probably pretty good strategy in that type of situation. I suppose you're right. I guess if the if the method is is specifically like, hey, we want to we want to call attention to the fact that they're gone. I guess partially in my mind, I was thinking like that the press had, would have been coming to them. Like, what happened? Where are you? What happened? And I was like, that seems kind of early for that to be. There are also so many odd circumstances outside of a typical missing person case, too, though. True. The fact that it's five people, the fact that they all split up, the fact that two of them arrived home without much fanfare, and yeah. three of them are still missing, but they've been found. Like, and it right. takes place over such a huge area, too. True, true, There's just true. a lot of really unusual yeah. things happening. Such a huge area. And like, I think that could be part of the reason for trying to go through the press also is, like, it's not—your search area is not a city or a neighborhood. Yeah. It's hundreds of— or thousands of square miles. Right. Like we need basically national press at this point to yeah. say, here's a picture of my dad and I don't fucking know where he is, so can you help us? And he's probably not getting any more rational the longer he's out there wandering around by himself. Yeah, probably so, not. Probably not. Sat by Saturday night, six days after all this stuff started, basically, Mark Trump is found walking alongside a road near Juan Garada, Maybe Wang Wang Rata <laughs> Airport. Wang Rats. Wang Rats. <laughs> uh, Wangarata makes the most sense to me, yeah. but uh, if you're Australian, please let us know. Wang around the airport. He was questioned by police, assessed by a mental health officer for a couple of hours, and then released into the care of his brother, who is also a police officer. Cap. And as they were leaving. There was this, this was a like a big story in the Australian press by yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And during the hours that he was being questioned and evaluated, press had assembled outside of I don't know if he was at a police station or where he was. I would where imagine this was taking some place. sort of holding 
So there were a bunch of photographers uh, outside, and he rolled down his window as he was leaving to give them double middle fingers. Yeah. Also a weird move after you've just been found separated from your whole family after a week-long crazy adventure. Hey, fuck you. I've earned this. <laughs> no, hey, thanks, dude. Thanks for saving haven't. my life and all, but uh, go fuck yourselves <laughs> twice. I'm fine. <laughs> I didn't need any of this. I'm sure his his cop brother really appreciated him just giving everybody the bird on the way out, too. Hey, no, uh, I, I got this guy. I got this guy. Damn it, Mark. Roll your window up. Hey, bro. I'm, I'm here to take you out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Great. Sounds good. So at this point, they've all been found. Mm-hmm. They're all physically fine. I mean, yeah. None of them suffered injuries. None of them are dead. No, but... But as but, is usually the case in crazy missing persons cases. Yes, except I guess I would say like I would say uh, the mom and the sister. One thing we neglected to mention was that on Friday, the mom was transported to Goulburn to the same hospital that Rihanna was being treated in. Okay, and they were being treated under the same supervision, basically, and the same type of care. In that hospital. Okay. Which is weird because I don't know how they would have necessarily put together family members, found different hospitals, transported to be in the same hospital. Well, I'm she, sure their names were in the press at this point. Sure. But then, like, also, so they record. needed to be in the same hospital? I mean, that doesn't yeah. necessarily seem like a... You would try and reunite family members in that situation. I mean, I if guess... You could safely. I guess, yeah, if you, if you could safely. I guess I just said that all to say that at the point that Trump is found, Jacoba and Rihanna are still in a hospital in Goulburn being yes. treated. Yes. So not not for any, like, like you were inferring, like physical wounds, but I mean, you know. Yeah, no, we, we don't know uh, what mm-hmm. any of their mental state or mental health yeah. was yeah. for any of the five of them at right. this point. Obviously, those two seemed like they were probably worse off than the others. Right, but right. I, I just meant usually if five people go missing— and they're not found for upwards of a week for some of them. Yeah, someone's coming not back in a every, ditch. Everyone's not fine. Yeah, generally. yeah, yeah. And I mean, like alive and physically healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the police said that there was no real threat to the family. So as far as they could assess from talking to them, and I guess their trip out to the home, uh, whatever threat they perceived was simply perceived or imagined. Yep. Did not appear to be real. Yep. Um, A police sergeant said that none of them had any previously diagnosed mental health issues. Yep. Doesn't mean that they didn't have them necessarily, but none of them had been diagnosed or were being treated for anything. Yep. Uh, There were there was no evidence of drugs drug use, Um, and the family had no major debts and didn't belong to any religious groups or cults. Uh, Sergeant Knight, one of the investigators of the whole thing, said, quote, this is just a massive meltdown. I'm sure of it. What the fuck does that mean? And Mitchell said, uh, I'm not entirely sure when this was said. It may have been in the press, same uh, press moment that you said. Uh, This was covered in a lot of different publications in in Australia. Yeah, I just pulled this one in my notes. Over months. Yeah. I just put this one in my notes because it was really weird. This is the, so this is the son that threw his phone out the window or was forced to throw his phone out the window. Mitch. 
Um, he said, quote, I've never seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word on it, but they were just fearing for their lives and then they decided to flee. It was a buildup of different normal everyday events. Nope. Just pressure. And it slowly got worse as the days went by. Incorrect. Normal events have never led anyone else to do this. You have an odd definition of normal events, Sergeant Knight. The one thing that I thought was interesting, um, not interesting, but worth, I guess, like saying alongside of everything is that uh, their neighbor, who was also a farmer, so they, they're a farming family. They live in an area where your next neighbor is probably also a farmer. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, in fact, was the case. Um, and their neighbor, his name was Mark Chapman, who's another berry farmer in the area, um, said something to the effect of, you know, basically this time of year that they disappeared was a critical time of year in the red current farming season where you have to do certain irrigation and fertilization and things like that to your crops. And if you don't, they'll basically die. Okay. And meaning that they failed to do this in the, in the six days that they were gone. Uh, no, in fact, the, what, what in the article that I found Chapman said that the local farming community actually pitched in to like start doing some of those tasks for the family while they had disappeared. Okay. Um, but I thought it was pretty fascinating that like, or not fascinating, but just an additional oddness that they would leave during such a critical point in mm. their entire family business. I mean, like well, the family was sustained exclusively by this farm. So for them to sort of disappear uh, during a critical They also had another business. Did they? Yeah. He had a they had he or they had an earth moving business. Okay. But I guess like it was it was a primary source of income of for them. Berries yeah. is yeah. like you're not, you know, you, you wouldn't go, eh, we don't need it. And, and another way to look at that, though, is that maybe that was a contributing stressor. Well, right, and that and that is uh, is you know, in some of the stuff that I've that I've seen, is someone saying, you know, when Mitch says it's everyday events contributing to each other, it's not, but it's also like sure, but that can't be the only thing that's that can't right. be the only con contributing factor they've been running this shit for eight years and they're like yeah. oh fuck we got a water it's like yeah no you guys have been doing you this know, for they, they, do, years. they do this every august they yeah. disappear for five days <laughs> and they throw shit out the out the window oh, fertilizer really stresses me out i gotta leave, get the fuck they leave out all their doors open and all their financial records on the kitchen table yeah yeah it's yeah. just what the tromps do <laughs> they're they're weird we gotta help them out this yeah. time every year um do you but I, but I guess, I don't know, that just to me said something about the timing of their disappearance, of saying, like, this is a critical time in sure. the main family business, and uh, fuck this shit, I'm out, and they just fucking drive away crazy. Acid road trip. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I think we've done a, a decent job of outlining the, the basic story. Yeah, this is the main. You want to take a quick break and then come back and talk about... What, what the fuck happened? Yes. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, for sure. Because boy, oh boy. I've got some weird theories. So do I. <laughs> okay, Great. Right. Let's do we'll it. We'll be back in a second. Yeah.
Hey. 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 Ah. We the Trumps, we be acting scary. We don't give a fuck about our house or our berries. Yeah, we think we've been acting weird, but whenever the cops come, we ain't even here. Nah, we all over the island. Nobody in this damn family is smiling. Cause shit's been going bad. I mean, half the family's in the hospital. It's sad, but... <laughs> Sorry, I should have kept that going. I was ready, dude. All right, cool. I had some shit on deck. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this shit's a bad flavor. We don't even give a fuck about our 18 acres. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, man? What the fuck indeed? What happened to these dudes? I mean, Where, I got theories. Go and why Do you got theories? Oh, so many. Mine get real fucking weird, though, so I'm going to let you start. You know about that foliade? Okay, well we're taking it there. All right, foliade. Well, or, we have to or, start with foliade. Mm, well, how do you say five? What's uh, five in French? I could I could Spanish the fuck out of it, but I came French the <laughs> fuck out of it. Cinco. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Oh, you, just say, you just say Cinco with a uh, French accent. That's right, right? Oh, oh man, shit. Foie gras. Right? Foie gras. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's God. four and five, right? It's a good thing we have like borderline no French listeners. Yeah, well, they would yell. we for sure have none now. That's true. Um, now, tell no, me about the, the folly of two. Well, should we go to the folly of two? Yeah, or should let's we do it. No, okay. let's do it. All right, all right. Um... So there's uh let's see who started it. I I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have the name of the scientist? No, I would just skip it if I didn't uh, know it though. That's fair. <laughs> okay, cuz no one knew that you were going to say it until no, you started not saying it. I know. Um okay, so there's a psychiatric disorder uh that has been boiled down to the French phrase that we botched the fuck out of. And, uh, Which means madness of two, by fully, the way. Fully, yeah, I do. Madness of two. Um, it's a shared psychosis or a psychiatric syndrome, sometimes a hallucination that can be transmitted from one person to another. And there's what I was <sighs> actually looking for. How legitimate is this? I don't, I don't actually... Well, okay, so I know that there are multiple stated things that could be attributed to this, but we don't necessarily have like proof of it because it's a hard thing to prove like is it a documented disorder uh as far as i've been able to figure out it's like a thing that we have we have thrown uh we have thrown like a title of to many a thing but But i don't i don't think it's it's not like an actual diagnosis for anything no no it's not in the dsm no it's not in the dsm no Okay. But it, but it is I would say like a it is a psychiatric thing that has been so like the 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 best one that I can point to is the dancing plague of 1518 is like another yeah semi similar version of this potentially I I guess that's what I'm getting at is it's a it's a word for it's a placeholder for we don't know is what it seems like to me yes like we have a word for it now but we can't, still can't describe what's happening or why. 
the or D- how? The DSM has two versions that are not the same thing as fully ado, but they are similar, which is shared psychotic disorder and induced delusional disorder. Neither of which are in the current DSM, though. They're, but they're retro. Yeah. Yeah. So they have been in there at some point, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. But are not currently recognized as diagnoses. No, not not in our not in our modern day. The the scientist I was looking for is not a scientist, he's a sociologist, and his name was I William Isaac Thomas, who has a quote that some people may have heard before, which is uh he, he wrote this in the twenties in a paper that said, If men define situations as real, they are real in their consequences. Okay. So if you think someone is trying to rob and or kill you you're going to react accordingly, whether that's a real thing that's possible or not. Yes. I guess it's always possible that someone's trying to rob and or kill you. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's usually a matter of how yeah. likely. We live in a city, you know. So, um, okay. So the idea is that one person who is having delusions can project them or rope others into them. Yes, I found a great... So that they become shared delusions? Right. I found a great Psychology Today article where a psychologist actually breaks down the concept of shared delusion, which is pretty cool. We'll, we'll link to it in the notes. Um, but Robert Bartholomew, PhD, uh, actually wrote about the Trump family and related it to a bunch of sort of semi-potential... Uh, other incidents that he thinks could be evidentiary of some sort of, you know, shared delusion concept. And what he kind of outlines is that often uh, in situations that have been outlined to potentially reflect this, it's a patriarch or person of power in the family who inserts a concept and slowly gets other members on board, generally over a short but long enough period of time, like not within a day, but like potentially within a couple of weeks or a month or so, you can sort of coax other- Or years. Or years, yes. Part of this that makes sense to me is like the four of them, four out of the five were living together in a pretty isolated location. Yes. And one person could have a pretty strong influence on three others if- those are the only people you see on a lot of days over a long period of time. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I don't really give direct credence to the thing that Mitchell said. Like, it's a bunch of day-to-day shit that built up over a period of time. But... That, was, that wasn't that was Mitchell who said that. That was one of the investigators. Uh, I have it, I have it coming from Mitch. I don't think that's right. Do we do we know which of the three kids did not live at home? Was it Mitchell? Um, I if, actually don't know. Because if it was, that would sort of make sense that if... Because it, it sounds like... He was the least on board. Yeah. And he even said, I was going along to make sure that everyone was going to be safe. And he was right. the one who also brought his phone with him, at least initially. And he was also the first one to be like, this first shit is one to leave. fucking wild. Yeah. I'm out. I'm just thinking if... For for the the folly adieu uh, hypothesis, if one of the parents had some delusional thoughts and then was able to, or not able to, but did transfer some of these delusions to even just the other parent, and you've got two kids living with these parents, 
four of them are interacting on a daily basis, probably working together for long hours every day. Right. Maybe not seeing very many other people. Right. Uh, I, I could see that happening to the point where maybe they would all, or at least the parent, the other parent would go along with this delusion of we need to get out of here. We're being stalked. We're being tracked. Yes. And then the kids maybe not having much of a choice living at home with their parents. Right. And Mitchell coming along to chaperone and yeah. throwing, getting his phone tossed out the window and bailing 24 hours later. Yeah. Less than 24 hours later. It, it was Mitchell, by the way. He was the one who said it was a buildup of different normal everyday events, just pressure, and it slowly got worse as the days went by. So That's a weird quote. It is a it is a weird quote. You're you're a hundred percent certain that that's him saying that. I'm looking at a BBC.com article weird. that says Mitchell and Ella admitted it was hard to explain. Quote: I've never seen anything like it. It's hard to explain or put a word to, but they were just fearing for their lives and decided to flee. Mitchell said it was a buildup of different normal everyday events, just pressure, and it slowly got worse as the days went by. That's bizarre. I, well, okay, so then maybe he must. That kind of fucks up my theory then, because that sounds like he must have been one of the two that lived with them. Yeah. If he's or, seeing day-to-day activities with both his parents. Or depending on how close they were, just as like a family, maybe he had sort of working context or, yeah. you know, yeah, working with them maybe, but wasn't necessarily in the house. One of the things we uh, we didn't mention earlier was that uh, the family was also undergoing a remodel of their home, which sounds sort of negligible, but... Um, could be you know, stressful. Could be stressful, and, and it was a big home we'll we'll maybe post a picture or at least link to pictures like big house you got a big farm it's like a prime time of year a lot of money at stake a lot of money at stake you've got another business but all those things to me it just like how how do you like that could lead to stress yes but how does that stress turn into someone's trying to kill us and rob us right you know like that's obviously not the only factor but it could be a factor Probably was a factor. I, I can, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've been stressed out by a lot of things before, but being stressed out by those things does not turn me into those things are trying to kill me and rob me. No, obviously. That's why the story is weird. And yes, we're yes. talking about yes, it. Yes, exactly. Uh, can we go deeper and weirder down the, the folly adieu? Uh, yes. I just want to say I found, uh, as we were talking about how badly we were pronouncing it's folly at toi. Folie à quatre and folie en famille, which is family madness once it gets to a group of larger than four. So hmm. there's not a term for specifically five. Pair, well, <laughs> I'm sure if we Googled French for. I think it's foie gras. But I think I nailed it the first time. <laughs> Are you familiar with Randy Quaid, Ryan? Uh, the actor Randy Quaid? That's the one. I'm familiar with the actor Randy Quaid. Yes. Have you been I am. keeping up with his. Uh, his activities over the last decade or so. Has he been working on red current farms in Australia? Well, Brandy and his wife, Evie, think they're being stalked by this group, the Hollywood Starwhackers, who he claims killed Heath Ledger. Did they invent who, the name for that group? Yes. Okay. They invented the group, if we're being honest. Okay. Uh, he claims they killed Heath Ledger, who officially died of a drug overdose, and David Carradine, who officially died of autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Although I was reading more about that today, uh, two of his ex-wives, I guess he had several, uh, don't believe that. And one of them actually sued his employer at the time for negligence. 
and was awarded $400,000. And his other wife has said, other ex-wife has said publicly she believes he was murdered. So there is some weirdness around that. Um, The Quaid's also believe that this Hollywood Star Whackers group are trying to extort money from and or kill Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears. So for the last 10 years, they have been on one of the weirdest paths you could possibly imagine. Starting in 2008, Randy Quaid was doing uh, this Broadway musical or was in rehearsals for this Broadway musical, Lone Star Love. And before the musical ever opened, he dropped out and was quickly banned for life from the Actors' Equity Association, which is like the stage actors' union. Okay. Uh, They then were arrested several times and appeared in court wearing pink handcuffs. Evie brought one of Randy's Golden Globes with her to the court appearance and had a, quote, valid credit card taped to her forehead. After appearing in court, they then fled to Canada, calling themselves, quote, refugees and claiming they were the targets of an assassination plot. And this is all in order to escape the Hollywood star whackers who kill celebrities in order to collect their royalty checks. Although she does not volunteer any details about how that that process would work. Sure. Uh, The conspiracy goes much deeper, though, because apparently Santa Barbara County is also involved. Do you want me to wait to ask how this relates to the Trump family? Yes. Okay. Let me just go through a few more details. Yep. Just just wondering wondering when. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, She says, quote, it's a conspiracy with the police in Santa Barbara, insisting that this ranch that they stayed at and were married at had tricked them into switching into a more expensive hotel room when they stayed there in June of 2009, after which the hotel repeatedly put through charges of $73,000 on their credit card rendering it incapable of processing payment. Um, One of the things that they were arrested for was having huge outstanding debts and dipping repeatedly on hotel bills, sometimes five-figure hotel bills. Mm. Uh, She claims this is part of the conspiracy against them, that they're being extorted. Um, She also said that, quote, they are tapping their phones And says one day while she was talking on her phone, she heard a voice break into her conversation and say, quote, if you kill her, there's a lot of money into it, in it. Okay. So for 10 years, they've been basically on the run from this Hollywood star whackers group who is trying to collect Randy Quaid's royalty checks, but also kill them. Yes. They've gone as far as leaving California to Canada. Yes. Illegally re-entering the United States across the Canada and Vermont border. uh, Dipping on multiple court appearances, being cleared of multiple things. There are tons of interviews with them acting super, super nuts. And all of it kind of goes back to... Like everyone, there's a huge Vanity Fair article about this whole situation that documents like years and years of increasingly weird behavior from the two of them. 
um, and we'll link to it. But it kind of all starts when the two of them met and got married. And Randy Quaid kind of has gone deeper and deeper into all this weird conspiracy stuff and going along with these obviously delusional thoughts and ideas and actions. And I just thought it was a parallel in a like extremely well-documented, very long-term, very public celebrity-driven way Yeah, of like, obviously this woman has delusions and not only is she acting on them, she's brought someone else into the fold acting on them with her. Right. Now sharing her delusions. Right. And it's been happening for a decade. Right. Like, they live out of a Toyota Prius now because of these delusions and because of them running up crazy debt and apparently all of Randy Quaid's money being stolen. And then also, obviously, no one's going to book them for work at this point. That seems like that would be a, <laughs> that'd be a real dice roll. Real dice roll. So I'd, I'd, it's like I had a hard time believing when I read this Trump story and that suggestion of the the folly adi uh that that was a realistic possibility and well, the more i read about the quades the more it made sense to me yeah um and in like in their case a much more extreme way like, they've taken much more extreme actions they've left the country sure they've gone broke they've they're they've declared bankruptcy right running for 10 years from this organization that probably doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think you could also probably lump in some similar characteristics around you're dealing with high finance, high pressure. A lot of money at stake. Yeah, A lot of money at stake. That dude went from making a million dollars a film to nothing pretty quickly. Close, um you know, close unit of family, close relationship. You know, a lot, a lot of his friends and family said that she was intentionally isolating. Sure. And, and depending on what you read related to the Trump family, there has been some talk around while they were a normal enough family that the family was somewhat isolated. I mean, granted, if you live on 18 acres on a to farm, some extent, like, you kind of have to be, you're yeah. inevitably such, but, um, you know, you could take that for whatever it's worth. I think also it kind of makes sense when you look at the hierarchy of how it dissolved, you know, like the kids basically fell away mm. from it first, then found was the wife and finally him. Yeah, it's probably a lot harder to to bail when it's just one other person. Right, right. Did you read about the... Uh the two sisters at all in your, in your folly do you research? Uh, no. There were, uh, what were their names? Ursula and Sabina Erickson. I think they were Swedish. They basically went crazy together. Um, Ursula after, like, in a traffic stop, during a traffic stop, ran out back into the freeway in front of a truck and got hit by the truck. Damn. When was this? Uh, fairly recently, I think, like within the last, 
2008, so never mind, not that recently. After Ursula ran in front of a truck, Sabina immediately did the same, and they but they both survived somehow. That's a it's a weird truck, and were obviously hospitalized for a while. Um, and then as soon as they were released, they both started acting super erratically again, and then stabbed a guy to death. Whoa! <laughs> God damn! <laughs> I sorry, took a leap, my guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes, in front of a truck. And there's there's much more to that story, but they another documented case of two people acting in lockstep craziness. Yeah. Uh, with, in their case, very unfortunate results. I have um, I have thought before about. This has been one of those, hey, we should uh, we should do a documentary. Or excuse me, we should do a documentary. We should do a show that relates to a documentary. And um, I haven't fully brought it up, but I watched this documentary recently called A Gray State. Have you heard of this documentary? No. Um, man, I don't know if we can get into it right now. Yeah, let's... It's, it's, it's close to home. I'll say this. It's close to home. It was filmed in Minnesota, uh, related to a couple in Minnesota. And the documentary itself documents because he is a filmmaker in his own right documents the family's spiral it's a spiral okay and um there is like footage that was recovered after a crime was committed i won't spoiler alert things uh footage that was recovered after a crime was committed where the couple is talking about energies in the house and did you feel it yeah i felt it too Mm -hmm. and the patriarch in the family was isolating of his wife and pulling him away from her co-workers and like there seems to be this sort of semi uh i highly recommend the documentary it's a tough one like it's it, it hurts to get through but it's really well told story and i think a lot of what we've been talking about really screams the same sort of underlying framework of potentially uh, a stressful situation, uh, a, a someone who kind of commands the mindsets of the group that they uh, inhabit or a group that everybody inhabits, yeah. varying degrees of investment or believability in that commanding mindset, and then drastic action that causes a mobilization of that group to do something that is by all other standards highly illogical if not like dangerous and violent and verging on mentally unstable and um and it's and it's a really really strange thing i I think my biggest question with the whole trump family thing is you know, this whole ordeal, they refer to it as an ordeal in their own speeches multiple times. How, how how long from, like, the family all left together to the family was all reunited at the house expired? Seven to ten days-ish? I don't know how long the two of them that were hospitalized... Were in hospital for? Yeah. Okay. And the other three were all home within a week. Okay. But I, I don't know for the... The two that were hospitalized. But I guess we can say, like, you know, 
under a month or so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. pretty safely if under a month, if not even less than that. And like, for all we know, for all we've been able to suss out in our investigation of this whole thing, they're just like doing their life again. Yeah, it seems like it. Like, we don't have any evidence that the family is like doing anything other than like, yeah, weird week, right, guys? All right, let's go pick some fruit. You know, like that's the end of the the saga as far as so we're able to tell. Can we can we quickly run through some of the other hypotheses that have been floated? I'd love to. Okay. We we, we got I mean, nothing, we covered covered that one pretty we, in depth. We got nothing but time and I still have no fucking idea what happened. Okay. So, one that's been proposed is that there were they ingested through food or water, some sort of toxin. Yes. That caused these shared delusions. Yes. Or some sort of uh, psychoactive something was was consumed. Right. Um, in some ways, that makes sense to me. I mean, there are naturally occurring substances that can be psychoactive. There are also... Uh, you know, we've talked about ergot poisoning in the past. Which we have. Can uh, I mean basically has similar effects to LSD and can occur naturally uh, on grain and in wheat and bread and stuff. Yep. Uh, first problem: not all of them live there. Although I'm sure the dude who didn't live there probably ate or drank there sometimes. Sure. And then also, like you were just saying, they all went back to the home within a week or so. And as far as we know, this isn't a an ongoing issue. Right. So if it was some sort of ingested toxin, it was a one-time thing somehow. Right. Other people have suggested carbon monoxide poisoning or something along those lines. That's interesting. Which, again, can cause some very erratic behavior, but also you would think would still be present when they got back. And also you would think that once you've gotten out of the circumstance that it gave you the poisoning seven days later, that you wouldn't necessarily be exhibiting like the same characteristics. Uh, that I'm not sure about because I, I think carbon monoxide poisoning, if severe, can be semi-permanent. Permanent. Sure. But that also doesn't really add up because right. as far as we know, there were no permanent effects of any of this. no. Um, I think if you deprive your brain of oxygen for long enough, some things don't go back to normal, or at least not without like therapy and stuff. Yes, true. So I, that one doesn't make a ton of sense to me, that they all ingested something weird. Uh, or I guess uh, sort of related, that they were using some sort of chemicals or pesticides on yeah. their farm that had yeah. uh, some sort of reaction. Well, and this goes back to the thing that we were talking about, about their neighbors saying this was a critical time during the crop season where fertilization was, you know, not only, uh, not only prevalent, like in his farm, but also he would assume to be prevalent in a lot of people's farms that, that fertilization was happening right all around, you know, their area based on the time of year, et cetera. But you would also go... Well, if that's the case, I mean, they've been doing this for eight years. Like, what would be different this year that a, the entire family... A different supplier of chemicals, maybe, or a, a tainted supply of chemicals. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, it seems unlikely to me. The other one is we talked a little bit about the family's 
renovations. Yeah. Is is there something in the process of renovating oh. an old home where they could have somehow It wasn't old though, was it? Not uh I, I mean don't not know. that we we're obviously purely speculating anyway. Yeah, but. not we're we're speculating. I think um I, I yeah, actually, I I don't know. I didn't get a year yeah. on the home. Um yeah, none of those make a ton of sense to me because with any of those they, they went back to the same location a week later and right. didn't have a recurrence a repeated of, episode. of whatever happened. Yeah. Uh, w- another one is that it was some sort of hoax or some sort of scheme to generate revenue somehow, either through paid appearances or through uh, like book or TV or movie deals. But they haven't really done any of those no. things since it happened. I mean... Maybe just calling attention to their business. It seems like a really odd strategy to me if that's what it is. Work with us. Sometimes we freak out and leave town. <laughs> right. Yeah, great. Sounds good. I We'd mean, I guess they got a lot of free to... publicity out of it. Yeah. But... Buy our fruit. It's fucking weird. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. That sounds fucking scary. Is it gonna, selling acid berries out is here? Gonna, is it gonna make me fucking steal <laughs> my get you fucked up. <laughs> We're getting fucked up. <laughs> gonna fucking steal my family and drive them up north. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to eat your fucking red currants, you weird fucking trumpy people. Free kidnapping in every bottle. <laughs> you ever wanted to kidnap your family but never had the guts? <laughs> Buy our berries. Eat the trumpy family red currants. They'll get you fucked up. <laughs> Steal your kids with See, one fresh berry. <laughs> we could have written an ad for them, man. <laughs> Start the, the Trump family Advertise ad on the yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, we already are. Uh, so, yeah, that one doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, no. Um, another hypothesis is that somebody really was trying to rob and or kill them. Which is tight. Very tight. That That's not cool at all. It I sounds mean, awful. It, conceptually, it's a, it's a... I mean, I guess they... It worked, if that's the case. What? But also, like, how... Thanks, Dad. You saved us. I mean, how? how is... Hey, okay, guys, we've got to get away from these people, so we're going to very publicly leave and then very publicly well, return to the same place. The leaving wasn't very public. Well... It was the, haphazard, the, but, the, but it wasn't sure. public. I guess the disappearance was very public and the return was very public. So you don't... Only because it was such a shit show. At the time that they left, they didn't publicize it. They just, it got, shit got so weird that, like, it wasn't public until the two kids went to the police. Yes, but I guess if you say to the kids, hey, we're running away because we're going to get fucking murdered by whatever Australia's version of the Yakuza or the Mafia or whatever is, so we got to be- Or just Steve next door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Even if it's fucking Steve next door who's going to fucking murder you and take your berries- like he's gonna nuke your berry farm. Yeah, like if if that's what you're scared of, it doesn't make much sense that Ella's like, "God feed my horses, I'm going home," and just fucking goes home the next day or two days. No, later. right. And it doesn't explain any of the weird mental health stuff that was going on. Yeah, I, I unless it's the stress of being <laughs> stalked to death. Well, there's that. <laughs> but I, I I don't know that the whole like also the, that the police found no evidence of anything suggests that. They weren't actually being... And that the family, as far as anyone has ever... With all the publicity this story has gotten, that the family is still alive and well today and not murdered or fucking extorted or whatever. Maybe it was... Uh, maybe they had 
a debt. Maybe they, they borrowed money for the, the renovations and they accidentally borrowed from the, the Australian mob and realized that they couldn't pay it back because it's it was just a bunch of those it, it was gonna be a light berry harvest. It's just a bunch of those super muscular kangaroos that you see in those fucking memes. The fucking just like swole kangaroos. So they decided to get out ahead of it. And on that six day road trip, they went around just murdering all of the mob members. Oh, right, right, right. It's like a Kill Bill scenario kind of. Right. And Mitch was like, no, I'm absolutely not in for this. (laughs) Come on, Mitch, we're going to kill some folk. And so he bailed first. And then the the two women realized what their parents were doing and that's why they went to the cops that's why it was so desperate oh sure sure like, sure, hey, sure you sure. gotta go find them quickly they're, they're about to kill a bunch of australian kangaroo mob members. and that's why a couple of them had had those breaks because uh, of the stress of murdering people uh, all over australia right and then that's lot. why it was also finally safe to come home sure 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 and why none of them wanted to talk about what they were doing got it got it yeah i don't know what happened i guess you'll have to ask my dad and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I murder people. And that was we him, out here. him giving the double middle fingers was a message through the media sure, to sure, any sure. other organized crime that like, hey, you don't fuck with Mark Trump. Mark, Mark Trump murders people. Uh, he doesn't pay back his loans. I'm going to force feed you berries till you die, you son right. of a bitch. I'm going to foie gras you to death with these berries. To death. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's a, that's a French callback. Sure is. Yep. Nailed it. Right. Um, do you have a, do case. you have a, I think this is the most probable. Yeah. I just outlined it for you. Your last one is yeah. your most probable. Yeah. He went around stuffing kangaroos to death with berries and selling their, their foie gras bodies got, to the, the Yakuza. You got pouched, <laughs> motherfucker. Foie gras, foie gras I, don't, I don't know, man. I think the, I guess the shared delusion, shared psychosis thing slash, Maybe just going along with somebody's delusion for, I mean, yeah. a couple hours or a couple days. Yeah. Or going along with it because you realize you're stuck in the fucking middle of nowhere in yeah. an SUV with your parents. Yeah. I, it kind of makes sense, too, that they would all want to be so quiet about it afterwards. Like, we'll quietly get Dad some help and we'll act like shit's just fine. And, yeah. Yeah, we know. It was an odd ordeal, but we're okay. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, right, because you still got a business to run and shit. And the the auto theft charges got dropped, by the way. I, I don't was, think we mentioned that earlier. I never saw what happened with that. I was it wondering. Uh, Australia has more reasonable laws around mental health and crimes. Bleeding insanity, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that person probably got their car back anyway. Right. Because she just drove it home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can come get it. It's yeah, in the yeah. driveway. Where's I don't need it anymore. Um, yeah, man, I, I haven't found anything else that makes sense. And that one doesn't totally make sense, but it gets closer than anything else. I guess, but I still just go like when we talk about the splitting up of people one at a time and the not bring anything and the not like following, I don't know. They're just like, there's still various levels of commitment to the, the delusion, various or the levels of commitment at various levels of like. Because it, it kind of went in order of closeness of relationship, probably. Well, that's kind of what I was saying earlier, was like the, like the, His wife the kids is most fell committed. away, and then the wife and him were still together. Like I, like, I get that, but I also just, I don't know, like, what what causes you to do the first 500 miles in the first place? The, the, yeah. the, the decision to do the first 500 miles... 
I mean, have you ever been like, around somebody what? that's like really genuinely committed to a delusional thought? I mean, no. Because there's, there's really no convincing people sometimes in that situation. But, but, I, but I guess like... Obviously going along with it and actively supporting it is a very different thing. That's but, what I'm saying. Like I can't convince you that what you think is not happening, but it's much harder to convince me that what you think is happening. And I know that right. that can happen over time, but the way that this was perpetrated over the amount of time it was perpetrated for, over the amount of distance it was perpetrated for. And then it's, I mean, it's super fucking weird. Super <laughs> That's why we're talking weird. about it. No, I know. It's just what I'm saying is like, I just, I don't have a, I don't have a good, I don't land anywhere with this where I'm like, Oh, it was just that. Like, you know, whatever. Right. It's just like, this is fucking, it's another one of those where I'm just like, I don't, I'm unsettled. I was unsettled researching it. I was mm-hmm. unsettled telling it. And I'm still like at the end of it when I know we're about to wrap this fucking episode. I'm like, I'm still just, <clears throat> I'm just unsettled. There's, yeah, it has an element of could this just happen to anybody yes. anytime? Yes. I think yes. that's the unsettling part. Totally. Not knowing why it happened and right. people seeming, as far as we know, relatively normal before and yeah. after. The BBC article pictures, they just like, they're like a normal family, like posing for five some photos in front of their yeah, fruit farm. I mean, and like, I mean, we have very little information to go off of, but yeah, it appears do, that but, way. You know, relatively decent off. Like, you know, they, you know, I don't know. It's just, right. it's strange. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go cry <laughs> myself to sleep. Love you guys. Uh, Thanks, uh, thanks for being here. It's the What If podcast. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. We're gonna stay in Australia. Oh yes, and tell some more Australian stories. Um, do we have more than just the two, or is there three? I think we're just doing two. Okay, next two time. two yeah. more uh, fucking disappearances, man. Yeah, um, dog. we got some UFOs coming up. Oh, gee, bus. Uh, That's a real answer for any disappearance. You got abducted. Right. They got you. The, tr- the Trump family lifted them up and set them back down. Missing time. Yep. That's exactly what they had. Um, That's how we ended up by the side of the road, wandering around confused. <laughs> That's why they didn't want to talk about any of it. Because uh, the aliens? Yeah, man. Because aliens. You can't go to the press and be like, yeah, I got abducted, and they dropped me off by Wang right at you airport. Wang right at you. Or whatever it was. No, I think you nailed it. Um, Wang around your airport. <laughs> it's at What If Pod. <laughs> If you want to hit us up on Twitter, whatifpodcast.com. If you want to see the blog or the shop or any of those things, as always, send us an email at hi at whatifpodcast.com. We got to get back to a a handful uh, that we haven't got back to yet, but uh, we try to answer pretty much every email that comes in. So send us an email if you want to. And uh, we love you guys. Until next week. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.co.